1: Hello, friends. Roto World. Josh Norris here once again with another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. Say it with me: the most important podcast in the universe. Obviously, you have this episode today, Friday, but you had one yesterday as well. Did you check it out? It's Ray Summerlin, it's Rich Rebar, and it's Nick Menzio, and then also Tuesday's episode again to fix your fantasy roster with Ray Summerlin and his waiver wired column. Also on Sundays, Roto world live noon Eastern. Check it out. Facebook.com slash Roto world. Obviously you can also stream it on NBC sports.com. We're just there for 45 minutes to help you set your optimal lineup. That's it. Trying to help you win. Um, you can ask questions. We answer as many as we can. And we also get to the news and blurbs and most important topics of the week. So later on, I'll be talking to Roto Pat, picking him on his rankings. But right now I need to talk to Evan. Silva. Evan, usually we talk about four players. We're going to talk about three this week because one of those four spots is for Larry Fitzgerald. And if he's on a buy, then that just gives us a little bit of time off during the segment. <laughs> so let's just skip over and we all need it. We all need a little time off. Let's skip over to Russell Wilson against the Houston Texans. Evan, it was felt like just yesterday when there was some panic of like what Russell Wilson could do this season. Yet everyone then, you know, churned out numbers saying, well, he's always bad in September and then turns it on in October and November. Guess what? We're in October and he's turned it up a little bit. And now he has the Houston Texans, a depleted defense.
0: Yeah, we're, we're back, man. We're, we're here. Uh, and Russell Wilson is, uh, he, he's ready. Um, he is actually a top five fantasy quarterback in three of his last four games. And now... He is uh, coming off what looked to be a difficult matchup on the road at the Giants where he just sprayed him, sprayed him with touchdown passes. A bunch of them got uh, nullified, called back, dropped. He had two uh, touchdowns dropped, one by Jimmy Graham real close in, uh, another one from a little bit longer out, another uh, 30-yard touchdown nullified by penalty. He still finishes the quarterback four on the week. Now he goes back home to face a Texans defense that is missing J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Brian Cushing, you know, lost Quentin Demps, lost uh, A.J. Bouye from last season. Just not a good defense, you know, a defense that I think that people still respect but just don't really know because they're not, you know, that involved in looking at personnel. Uh, but, but we are. And we know that this is a defense that we need to attack. And Russ is balling. And also, I, I wanted to note uh, one thing on this game's total. So this game was uh, at 42 and a half earlier in the week, moved all the way up to 45 and a half. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that that's a big move right through the 43. 43, of course, is a number that a lot of games land on. Uh, 20, you know, 23, 20. Uh, so is 44. That's another key number. 24, 20. Uh, 23, 21. So all the way up to forty-five and a half. That's a significant line move, and uh, the the spread on the game hasn't moved at all. It's uh, it's still at five and a half in favor of the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks smash here, Uh, and the Seahawks are a run funnel offense because they can't run the ball successfully, Uh, and so they're going to lean on Russell Wilson. I think that Doug Baldwin can have a big big day in the slot against uh, Kareem Jackson. And I think that Jimmy Graham can have a very good uh, game against uh, Texans defense that got beat up badly by Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski earlier in the season. And in their last game, gave up a touchdown to Seth the valve.
1: Uh, Evan, this train is going to be a co-host with us because I believe it's like the freight train that's going by. So just bear with me. I-, I will add that he also missed Doug Baldwin in like a vertical shot. That was another touchdown. It was just a ba- barely yes. missed. I've looked at a lot of rankings, and the consensus seems to be the top three quarterbacks in some order. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. Would you put Russell Wilson at number four there heading into the weekend, or is that not well? Nice? I don't do
0: <laughs> weekly rankings. Yeah, uh, you know that's up to Ray. And by the way, Ray is top five in fantasy pros. Uh, Amen. Great job, Ray. Yeah. Roto Pat also does uh, rankings for us. Brandon Funston does rankings for us. All that stuff is available in the season pass. Yep. I do not do those. I've never done those. As long as I've been at Roto world, uh, you know, I've always written the matchups column and that's how I will continue. I will tell you that Russell Wilson is a, is an awesome fantasy play this week. And he's gonna, probably going to be my highest exposure quarterback in fantasy uh, in daily fantasy this week.
1: That's good enough. That's a good enough answer for me, Evan. Uh, let's move on to another quarterback. Andy Dalton facing the Indianapolis Colts, a Colts defense that is freaking awful when it comes to guarding deep passes, vertical shots, downfield targets. They are horrific. Plus, they just lost Malik Hooker as well. So we can only expect them to get even worse in that area. Uh, Evan, we know this is an uncommon opponent. Shout out Joe Goodberry. So I'm guessing Mm -hmm. we are all on board with Andy Dalton this week.
0: Yeah, and because of his price, he deserves to be one of the highest-owned quarterbacks in Daily Fantasy this week. Not only did the Colts lose Malik Hooker, who was a true difference-maker to a torn ACL and MCL, they also lost John Simon, their sack leader, on the season to what looks like a a multi-week neck injury. Uh, Seven of seven quarterbacks to have faced the Colts have finished as... The quarterback, 14 or better. So that, you know, just the matchup in and of itself uh, suggests that Andy Dalton has a high floor this week. Last week, of all people, Blake Bortles lit up Chuck Pagano's defense for season highs in completion rate, 69%, uh, passing yards 330, yards per attempt 13 uh, as the Jaguars beat down the Colts. And that was in Indy. And now the Bengals catch the Colts coming to their house. And this is a prime pop-up spot for Andy Dalton, who's been very much up and down. But if you look at the way that he's produced, it's all matchup driven. And this, like at this point, I don't think that there is a better matchup for a quarterback than the Colts. They don't rush the passer. They can't cover anyone. They can't, I mean, they, they're, they're inept in Terms of uh pass defense, and I think that Andy Dalton and AJ Green uh really get it going here. And I think that Tyler Croft, even a guy that you guys have talked about in some, uh, some of the earlier podcasts this week, I think that he's a, a nice little uh tight end streamer.
1: And uh, now or never for John Ross, I mean, if there's a game for someone to land a vertical shot, uh, maybe like a la Taewon Taylor against the Indianapolis Colts, maybe it is John Ross in this spot. Um, by the way having your defense absolutely lit up by Blake Bortles is probably like equal to my mom having a better DFS weekend than me. Like, it's just like one of those moments that you just look at yourself in the mirror. Like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I spending so much time on this? Um, All right. Let's let's, that's an awful joke, but that's the humor you get from me. Uh, Let's close out with Mm the Garrett blunt against the San Francisco 49ers. Evan, a few weeks ago before he got injured, this kind of seemed like Wendell Smallwood's backfield in many ways. Um, then LeGarrette Blunt actually started getting going. Uh, I, I don't know if they changed their running style, how they used them effectively, but he has been absolutely effective. This is a 49ers defense that we kind of want to start everyone on Philly. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So if the decision between the two, or which one do you want to talk about, I guess LeGarrette Blunt or uh, Wendell Smallwood?
0: So the 49ers in their first six games, they play like respectable run defense. I mean, they were holding opposing running backs to under uh, four yards per carry. Eric Armstead, who's been a very solid player for them, goes out with a broken hand, lands on injured reserve. And all of a sudden the Cowboys running game, which had really struggled uh, in its first five games, comes alive. uh, Averages 6.2 yards per carry. Not only did Zeke Elliott look great, against the Niners but Rod Smith came off the bench 8 for 61. One one characteristic that we're looking for when we are trying to find uh, running backs that can excel is being a home favorite. And not only is LeGarrette Blunt a home favorite, but he's a home favorite by almost two touchdowns this week. So Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be a very very popular play and I mean I'm gonna have you know a lot of him in in daily fantasy and certainly starting him wherever I own him in uh, in season long but I think that LeGarrette Blount can have a very good game here too Uh, last week he led with Wendell Smallwood back he led the team in touches he had 14 Wendell Smallwood had 10 Uh, LeGarrette Blount had more snaps than Wendell Smallwood Wendell Smallwood is you know like a, a replacement level um you know kind of versatile uh back but I, I don't think that he's like a difference maker by any means and i think that if the eagles are able to build a lead in this game the running back which the 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 line suggests that they will the running back that they will put the ball in, in the belly of will be le garrett blunt and not wendell smallwood uh, to close this one out so look We've seen LeGarrette Blunt's floor this year in Philadelphia, and it's not pretty, and he's certainly far from a lock. But if you are going to start LeGarrette Blunt in any week this year, this is the the week to start him.
1: As the freight train goes by, we come to a close here on my segment with Evan Silva. Evan, I I will tell the people out there, it is 1210 a.m. here on Thursday night, and this is the noise I fall asleep to. So... If you want to help me get out of this hellhole, support the podcast. It does help. <laughs> Maybe rate and review. I'm talking to you, Liam and Luke and Lucas and Logan. Talk louder. I can
0: hear you, Josh. And,
1: and Lauren and Landon, all of you, please get me out of here so I can have a place where I can get some actual sleep. Uh, all right, Evan, thank you so much. And I will be back in just a moment here with Rotopat with some peace and quiet. See you. <laughs> And we are back here with Patrick Darty, Roto Pat. You can check him out on rotoworld.com with his rankings. You can also check him out on Sundays. Roto World Live, noon Eastern, 45 minutes. Myself, Rich Rebar, for the entire 45 minutes plus. Evan and Pat and Ray check in. It's a fun time. You should give it a shot. rotoworld.com or facebook.com slash rotoworld. Pat, you are an underground gamer. I'm giving you that title. <laughs> Outside of you know your typical games like your Maddens, your Fifas, your sports games, let's say that surface level sports games. Um, what video game like hits you in the sentimental side? You know what I mean. Like when when you think of your your youth and playing video games and holding those terrible bulky controllers that the buttons stick to each other. Which <laughs> game do you think of?
2: First, I'm not trying to swear off nerddom here, but I, it'd be a real stretch to call a, call me a gamer. But I pretty much... In a previous life, I, perhaps? Even like, in a you previous life, no. did not life, have responsibilities? No. I played video games, but I was yeah. never a gamer. Like, I didn't play, like, Earthbound or, like, you know, I played, like, Zelda and Mario and Perfect Dark
1: and sports games. Because Perfect Dark is better than Goldeneye.
2: Perfect Dark. That's a very little-known fact, but Perfect Dark blows GoldenEye out of the water. I the fact right there with you. that you could have bots—that I mean it changed. That changed the game, mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days, I only have time to play FIFA, and I play. I'm not talking about
1: now, Pat. But
2: sentimental video. I don't know. Uh, I was going to say Banjo Kazooie, but I never actually played that. Uh, I rented it once, and this cute little creatures there, you know, uh, sorry, this is horrible. This is your favorite um, movie right now. I mean, it's the problem is it'd, it'd be like what everyone else. I mean, I have like extremely fond memories of trying to beat, uh, Ocarina of time before my brother. Yes. And yeah, basically that's what makes me feel sentimental is, uh, blasting bots on perfect dark. And then trying to make sure as the older brother, I never let my little brother me- beat like a, a Mario or Zelda game before me.
1: And once again, we need to reiterate that perfect dark is a superior game to GoldenEye. Uh, v- vast and and I, I do not want to associate with anyone who disagrees with that. <laughs> uh, all right, Pat, let's get into your rankings. Uh, you can check them out again on roto If we don't answer yours now, that's a great resource to look at. You have Ben Roethlisberger as quarterback 17 this week. Believe they face the lions. Is that correct?
2: They placed play the Detroit football Lions, yes.
1: At Detroit, so it's away, Ben. But, Pat, quarterback 17 seems, you know, a bit bit late. Let me just pull up the rankings here and edit this part out. Because you have him after a quarterback like Jameis Winston, who's playing the Carolina Panthers. You have him after a quarterback like Alex Smith, who's playing the Denver Broncos. After Deshaun Watson against Seattle. Yada, yada, yada. Derek Carr against the Buffalo Bills. Like, these are teams and quarterbacks with difficult matchups, yet Ben is this far down the list.
2: I mean, he's just – I mean, it's shocking, but he's just the QB 23 by average fantasy points for the first seven weeks of the season. I mean, he just had his first multi-touchdown effort since week two. Uh, he's, he's yet to have – you know, Ben is kind of known – Ben's never been known. It's like every week going to get you three or four touchdowns but he's definitely been known for spiked weeks and he hasn't had a single spiked week this season zero three touchdown games and, and he's just less mobile than ever they have less receiving depth than they've had in past years and you know the, the Lions got pushed around a little bit before their bye but this is still you know been a fairly quality pass defense this season they're bottom 12 and quarterback fantasy points against and you know, I don't doubt that at some point you know, Ben might have a real Ben game in him. But, like, especially on the road, I just – this week, I just think even with six teams on bye, you know, it's insane to have Ben at QB 17. But I'm going to use one of my favorite podcast words. I just think the preponderance of evidence demands that Ben be ranked as a mid-range QB 2.
1: Wow. Uh, you also have Joe Mixon, the Cincinnati Bengals running back, as running back 10. Look, I think Joe Mixon's a very talented player, but I like that you're shoving your chips onto the table here, going all in on Joe Mixon kind of uh, having a great game. Let's put it that way against Indianapolis Colts and their terrible defense.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is mostly about I really, really like what Joe Mixon did in the second half last week. Um <laughs> that was a <laughs> That's a joke, a joke for those of you a, out there. But Joe Mixon received zero second half carries last week after he had seven carries for 48 yards in the first half but Very bold ranking, obviously, but I think we're going to see a correction from a kind of an embarrassed Marvin Lewis this week. I think they're going to feature Joe Mixon against what's by any measure one of the league's worst run defense. The Colts are allowing the second most running back fantasy points. They're allowing 125 rushing yards per game. They've allowed a league worst 10 rushing touchdowns. And you got the Bengals at home as 10.5 point favorites. I mean, you'll never have a better game flow situation probably all season. So, and you know, just again, with six teams on by, it's a weird landscape. And I just really, really like uh, Joe Mixon's touch odds this week and his touchdown odds.
1: Pat, you're giving Julio Jones plenty of respect here. And I understand it. It's Julio freaking Jones. But if we look at his previous weeks, he had 8.6 Fanduel points, 13, 12 and a, half, four and a half, 10 points. And then 20 points last week. That was aided, By a garbage time touchdown. Yes. However, Pat, you have him as wide receiver three this week. So you're confident that he will absolutely be a top 12 scoring wide receiver, even though I think he was only that just last week.
2: Hey, you know what It was garbage time, but it was also a God mode touchdown. I mean, That's we true. saw Julio went straight God mode, and you know it was despite you know it was like kind of like the the complete comprehensive collapse the Falcons have been building towards all season last week, but Julio Jones was the lone bright spot, and yeah, you know, I don't think the squeaky wheel narrative will like go away for Julio this week I mean with the with the Falcons kind of in crisis mode, I think. It's like time to like double and triple down on your strengths. I think we'll see a much stronger commitment to Devante Freeman this week. I think we'll see another, you know, like kind of all hands on deck to make sure Julio gets his targets. And, you know, it's, it's a solid matchup in the jets. Uh, it is, I believe on the road, but, uh, I just think, you know, I think it's like when, uh, it's kind of like a circle, the wagons type week. And I am uh, very confident that, uh, the main wagon, um, being circled, Josh, Will be Julio Jones,
1: uh and I'm seeing right here on Pro Football Reference that prior to last week, he only had one target inside the 20 yard line, and you know this is good week, coaching. It was it's it just four. good coaching. Um, See
2: exactly. See so. Sark for Assistant of the Year.
1: It starts now. I mean, there's still plenty of season left. uh Let's then go to Amari Cooper, who has been awful this year. Like he's just been bad, Pat. However. You have him as a wide receiver 12 in your rankings. And I know what he did against Kansas city and not that they manufactured touches for him necessarily, but they actually like tried to be a bit creative. Imagine that. And, and he succeeded. Um, but can we expect him to already, like you had him outside the top 20 for weeks and weeks and weeks and now after I just did. like one good performance, oh no, he's back. He's changed. He's wide receiver twelve now.
2: Well, hold on, this is impugning my character here. But I'm just saying. Uh, this kept, is from I an keep, outside hey, perspective, hey, I kept the top thirty faith because we knew. I thought. You know, I got accused last week by like multiple you know Twitter fanboys of like I, like you're such an idiot. How could you have Julio Jones ranked 29th? I'm like, uh, I thought that was pretty bold considering he had one catch for eight yards all season. Before last, I have to double check that stat, but I believe coming into last week, Amari Cooper had one catch for eight yards. And okay, so yeah, it is one game. But Josh, man, might I remind you Uh there are six teams on bye this week. Yes. So it's a it's a strange landscape. And okay, like you referenced the creative usage. Of Amari Cooper last week that according to the Associated Press included six of his 11 catches coming out of the slot. This is previously after he had uh, never had had never had more than three catches out of the slot. And as we were just talking about with Marvin Lewis, we know coaching staffs are uh, prone to very dumb decisions. But it would stand to reason that the Raiders would uh, try to keep Amari involved out of the slot this week. You know, it's a really good matchup. You know, Bill's defense, it's kind of been punching uh, above its weight this year, but EJ Gaines is out looking out for week eight. And if Amari's running on the slot, it'll be against Leonard Johnson, who's been one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the NFL. So yeah, I, would I be surprised if Amari Cooper had a zero catch week? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, that's just what Amari Cooper does. But I just think... Looking at the whole body of evidence mm-hmm. that uh his odds I, I feel yeah, I just feel most comfortable with him in, on this wide receiver one borderline. Uh, God help
1: me. Uh, Pat, thanks for letting me pick on you. Are we still friends?
2: uh no we've never been friends that's why though it has nothing to do with this we've just never been friends so all
1: right well hopefully that will change at some point in the next few weeks uh you can be friends with pat let me say that again by following him on twitter at RotoPat, by checking out his rankings over at roto and you can be friends with all of us on the podcast if you subscribe share and review and we will talk to you all soon actually on tuesday well sunday first roto world live then tuesday with The Waiver Podcast with Ray Summerlin. Until then, talk to you all soon. See ya.